1: Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now joining us is Steve Magookin, who's going to be talking to us about Northern Ireland in our continuation of our 2016 Euros coverage. Steve is, of course, former chairman of the New York Spurs and is a longstanding fan of Northern Ireland. So what happened the other day against Ukraine must have been tremendous. <laughs> talk us through it.
0: Oh, remarkable, remarkable stuff, Kevin. Thanks thanks for having me back on, by the way. It's good to talk to you. Uh, I would, if someone had said to me at the, at the start of this tournament, by the final game, you would be playing the world champions in Paris with something to play for, I would have taken that, absolutely taken that. As long as the day is long, basically. And I think the fact that we were able to bounce back from the disappointing performance in the Poland game, where we were obviously, I think, a little bit negative. We we defended very, very well. And, and you know, basing our strategy on a solid defense was what got us through the qualifying group. and and uh, But unfortunately, we set up playing for the draw and we weren't really naturally able to respond once we went behind if we went behind and and poland are a very good team and i think a lot of people um underestimated how tricky that game was going to be for us but we were very unlucky but we were able to bounce back and it was just a remarkable performance against ukraine this week it was uh, unbelievable it's uh, the the t-shirt that's going around with the, the green and white army at the moment is ukraine nil two cranes two and if you've seen a a uh, landscape picture of Belfast. There are two big cranes that dominate the skyline of the city uh, at the Harland and Wolf shipyard, and the two cranes that that uh, referred to in the T-shirt are uh, are the Samson and Goliath, basically the uh, the two uh, <clears throat> the two big uh, shipbuilding cranes at the yard that built the Titanic. And all of our players this week were Samsons, they were Goliaths, they were uh, playing above themselves, beyond themselves, and all credit to Michael O'Neill for getting the tactics right. He gave us a little bit more um, pace, a little bit more speed up front. A big decision to drop Kyle Lafferty, who has been our obviously our talisman through the the qualifying stages. Um, But, you know, the the inclusion of players like um, Connor Washington and and Stuart Dallas and Jamie Ward gave us a little bit more bite, a little bit more uh, uh, speed and fluidity going forward. Uh, And, you know, the the Ukrainians were were very uh, physical. It was a very physical game and we uh, held our own. We went toe to toe with them and, and played very, very well. And uh, the other thing we, we were able to do, I think, was make better use of our uh, our set pieces. And in the Poland game, it was rather disappointing. We wasted a lot of corners. And and in a game that's always going to be as tight as that, you have to make the most of every set piece that you can. But uh, against Ukraine, we were outstanding. Ollie Norwood finally got a, a, just a beautiful, beautiful cross to put on Gareth McCauley's head for that first first goal. And, uh, and after that, it was... <laughs> It was a bit of a pantomime, to be honest, the game at times. I mean, the ref took the players off because of a hailstorm. And literally, as the players were just coming off into the tunnel, he turned them right around and went back on again. And that's, you know, that has to be unsettling for the teams. Uh, And then, for some reason, they found six minutes of added time and... uh, Everyone everyone in the pub where I was watching was just, oh, this can't end well. But it, it ended brilliantly with uh, with Niall McGinn's fantastic goal to seal it. And the scene's just at the end. Kevin, I've got to tell you, uh, if you've never believed in, in just how football can produce sheer joy, and I know you do – uh just seeing michael o'neill and the players celebrate after that result was was incredible and quite frankly now you know we're going to come on to talk about the germany game but the way this sets us up um quite frankly i think like a lot of other northern ireland fans the overall outcome at the end of this is is really kind of less important than than how we play in the game against Germany and how we conduct ourselves. Uh, we've we've got a historic win to look back on, we've got something to build on, we've got something to play for on Tuesday night, which is just everything everything to all of us. So I couldn't be more proud of the team. I couldn't be more proud of the managers and the fans, and just it's it's a remarkable time to be <laughs> to be a member of the Green and White Army.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely staggering. Uh, a thing that you left out there was the weird substitution that wasn't. Uh, <laughs> trying to bring a player on, then his own player trying to walk off, him shoving him back on. Yep. No communication abilities between the ref and the linesman who one, spoke one, different languages. And one of our players ended up getting booked as a result of that. So Yeah,
0: what? why did he get booked? I was, I was so confused yeah. with it. Was I was it, pathetic- it
1: was the captain. Were they saying that it was time-wasting and he's just yeah. accountable for it?
0: I suspect that's what it was. I mean, I, I was just I was texting with a friend of mine who was in the stadium and I was just we just basically texted back and forth at the same time. WTF with a question mark. <laughs> and we couldn't we couldn't figure out what on earth was going on. But clearly Michael O'Neill had his had his tactics right and this was a brilliant way of sort of bouncing back from the disappointment of the Poland game. I mean, there were, there were elements of the Poland game that um we were unlucky, but by the same token, I think we would admit that we didn't, we weren't on our game for that for that particular match. And uh, and Poland- do you think it
1: it was tactics? Like you already mentioned, that maybe you set up too defensively, or do you think you were just kind of outplayed? Because I know everybody is locking up um, Lewandowski, which happened in your match right. as well. But that leaves loads of space for Milik, who was a very dangerous player, as we saw in that, and we've seen since. Although the finishes have been missing some.
0: Yeah, no, he's he's he could probably end up being the top scorer. He gets plenty of opportunity. Top scorer in our qualifying group, uh, he's getting plenty of opportunities. He's just sort of snatched at them a little bit. But the goal he scored against us was great. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's like we—I know you and I have talked, and you've talked with other uh, contributors previously about national teams that are sort of carried on the back of one player. I think the, the danger for any opposition is that you concentrate too much on just who you think that team's star player is, and then you uh, kind of underestimate uh, some of the other players who are, uh, who are very, very good indeed. And Poland are an excellent team. Poland are a very good team. I mean, obviously, the Poland-Germany game the other night, the one that finished 0-0, which weirdly, I think, was probably the least entertaining game that I've seen in a very entertaining tournament so mm. far um i mean obviously that would have that would have worked better from our perspective if germany had won that and had already qualified um but you know you can you you just have to deal with you can't really worry too much about what happens elsewhere you just have to play the team that's in front of you and uh, and come tuesday night we're going to be riding a wave of of national pride and uh, just the sense that um we're going to go out we're not going to disgrace ourselves we're going to uh, we're going to go toe to toe with the world champions Uh, And if we can get a point out of it or anything more, uh, brilliant. If not, fair enough. If we give them a a decent game and we play to to our potential, who knows what we can achieve.
1: Yeah, you kind of alluded to how the group is setting up at the moment. It's Germany on four points, Poland on four points, Northern Ireland on three, Ukraine on zero. Northern Ireland, one of only three third-place teams with more than one point, uh, along with Slovakia and Portugal. Obviously, that can all change very quickly in the third match day but as you mentioned at the top of the show you're going into the final day every chance of going through are, are you thinking that you will are you kind of leaning on that third place rule what what's your thoughts on, on your chances of advancing
0: uh well I think I think third place is probably the most likely outcome to be honest with you but um if, if we were to tie with Poland uh obviously they go to the head-to-head uh, before they go to goal difference. So I- even if we ended up on the same number of points as Poland through, you know, if Ukraine were able to beat Poland, uh, which I, I can't see, to be honest with you. I do think Poland are a much better, much stronger team than than Ukraine. Uh, but if for for some reason, if we could get a point against Germany, we ended up on the same points as, as Poland. Uh, Poland have already beaten us on the head-to-head, so I think that's the first criteria that they look for. So I, as you say... Everything's really up for grabs in all of the groups um, and so I don't really want to think too much about qualification because once you do that if you think well if we can become one of the one of the best third place qualifiers who would we play in the next phase and obviously that you know that's going to be a consideration but we'll worry about that after the Germany game if that's part of the if that becomes part of the equation I, I think for now just go into the game just play your game just be confident and uh, and we'll see where we come out
1: all right. Obviously, you also mentioned that you are just pleased with how you've played already, that you aren't too worried about the, the long standing ramifications. So to get to where you are now, which is, again, you are on three points, very proud of your last performance. Uh, what players have really led the charge there for you?
0: Right. Well, uh, I think um, Steve Davis, who uh, has been a remarkable captain for us, um, and, and incidentally just signed a, um, a new three-year deal with Southampton, which is a very good because move because Yama's for-
1: coming to spurs breaking. The- <laughs>
0: yeah, it's starting to look that way, isn't it? Uh although I, I just to, as an aside from the northern ireland stuff remote, I can't believe that they're they, they, surely they can't be arguing over 2 million pounds. Is this I don't, you know, understand what if that's the scenario that um because he's in the final year of his contract that we have offered slightly less than than Southampton are asking for. Uh, All of is, the
1: rumors I've ever heard Levy coming in slightly below value <laughs> is not surprising. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. But uh, and of course there's a lot of you know upheaval at Southampton at the moment. They don't know who, who the new manager is going to be and they're you know tr- trying to pe- uh, keep the, as, my, as many of the current team together as they possibly can. So um yeah, I mean, I I was thinking. I mean, obviously, you look at players who might come from the Euros to play for various teams in the in the Premier League, and I'm and I'm thinking, well, you know, we haven't seen much of Ibrahimovic yet. Uh, would he really be an asset for United the way he's currently playing at the moment, or would it be more of a uh, Uh, more of a fad thing I mean uh, you you have to wonder why why he would come for one season and uh and what he would bring to that
1: yeah
0: exactly exactly and and you wonder you know is that really a a Mourinho decision or has that been taken elsewhere uh, but we can talk another time about you know players that have stood out in the tournament who might who might fit in well to uh, to the Premier League because I think there's a few of them. But back to Steve, yes, yeah, Steve Davis has been uh, tremendous, I think, in in both. Uh, the games that we played so far Michael McGovern I think has done very very well our goalkeeper as well and and obviously I think in the second game Stuart Dallas did well Jamie Ward did very well uh Connor Washington did very well um and, and, as I say it was a big decision for Michael O'Neill to drop Cal Lafferty for the second game but I think the game plan uh and the outcome showed that uh, that he got the uh, he got everything right of course the challenge now is for um uh, for the game against Germany, are we finally going to find out whether Will Grigg is indeed on
1: fire? No, 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 no. It hasn't I, stopped the fans from singing it every has, ten minutes.
0: <laughs> they've been, they've been absolutely brilliant, and that's been, it's been fantastic. But well, I, I, I can't imagine the the German defence being terrified of anybody, let alone uh, <laughs> Wigan Athletics' uh, top scorer. But, but you never know. It'd be great for him to, to get a game.
1: Well, I mean, their right back is still Benedict Huedes, who's very much a center back, a lot like the Vertonghen having to play left back thing. Yeah, Also, I'm not sure if they could mention any more during the telecasts that Vertonghen spoke out about playing left back under AVB. Mm -hmm. But, you Mm -hmm. know, if if they managed to get another few in there, they'd probably hit 10 a match. Um, (laughs) All right, so uh, you mentioned there Germany is the next opponent. Maybe their defense won't be terrified of Will Grigg. Maybe he won't even play. But what do you see happening in this match?
0: Well, uh, you mentioned Vertonghen, but before I get onto the Germany game, let's just uh, go back very, very quickly and and say. Uh, about the Republic of Ireland's game against Belgium. They just ran into a Belgian team that were playing really, really well. And I I, I felt that um, it was always going to be a challenge for them because Belgium couldn't play as badly, I think, again, as they did in the first game against Italy. Uh, I thought Ireland were very unlucky uh, not to get the win against Sweden. Again, we were talking about Ibrahimovic. I thought he had had his, uh, one of his poorest games for a long time. Uh, Ireland again were luck- unlucky not to not to win that. That would have changed the complexion of the group completely. Um, but yeah, they were unlucky that uh, that um, just to run into Belgium, who uh, were always going to bounce back from from that opening game. Uh, Italy are probably that game against Belgium. The, the that was the most impressive di- display that I've seen so far uh, by a team. So yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. On to <laughs> on to our game against Germany. Um, Again, I think there's going to be a, a lot of emphasis on defense. I mean, defense is, is where we got to, uh, to where we are today. Uh, I don't think we're going to be man-marking the way we did uh, with Lewandowski, if, if it's Gomez or Goza, whoever's up front. Um, I, I, we just have to be able to um, use our free, our free kicks and our set pieces as intelligently as we did against Ukraine. Um, Gareth McCauley, again, will press forward as much as he can. One of the, the, the curious things is how it's going to be interesting to see how Michael O'Neill uses Paddy McNair because the big man United player, he gives, um, he gives the team a lot of options, both in defence and midfield. And whether he plays a full game or or just comes on as a sub, uh, that that could be an interesting an interesting trump card. But the, you know the Germans, they're not going to fear us really, and we don't fear them. So I think it'll it'll just come down to uh, can we can we outlast them in a way? I mean, I'm not saying we should play for a draw the way the way we did against Poland, but if we're still in the game, if we're still in the game by 15 minutes into the second half. Then you know if we even if we're one nil down or whatever I think I think there's still a, a possibility there that we could that we could go for it and uh, maybe change the tactics around in the second half. But again, uh, Dallas, Jamie Ward, now McGinn give us a little bit of speed, a little bit of pace. Uh, how he uses the substitutes are going to be really important. So. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about. Uh, I'm not worried about us disgracing ourselves. I think we'll we'll play well. I think we'll do uh, as well as we can, and I think we'll uh, we'll uh, be a credit to the fans.
1: Do you think the setup we'll see will be more like the first match, which you already mentioned may have been too defensive, or do you think we'll see more of an attacking threat like we did in this most recent match against Ukraine?
0: Yeah I think, I think it's going to come down to the substitutions Kevin to be honest with you. I think that's uh that's really going to be the focus is how Michael thinks about how Michael O'neill thinks about how the game is is unfolding and what we need to do. I mean if if we go behind early for example then you know all bets are off. Who knows who knows what we might have to do. The thing is um <sighs> It's hard to get into his head and sort of know how, how he's gonna set the team out before uh for, for what he wants out of it. But put it this way, I think he's learned from what happened in the Poland match that we weren't naturally set up to respond if we'd gone behind, and that's exactly what happened. Uh and so there was a there was a little bit of sort of, you know, toing and froing it towards the last 20 minutes. But uh it, it it's hard it's hard to know how best to set up for this one. Uh whether Lafferty's back, whether Will Gregg plays, whether he plays with Connor Washington up front. Um I think I think the emphasis will still be on keeping a solid defence at the back and, and using Johnny Evans and Gareth Macaulay uh and Craig Cathcart to, to try and close down uh close down the German threat, whoever whoever that is up front for them.
1: All right. Well, we are out of time, but thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell the folks where they can find you?
0: Well, can I just – one last quick thing, Kevin, Mm. before before we go. Uh, I would just give a quick plug for the Northern Ireland squad's uh, chosen charity, which is the Cancer Fund for Children. And if you go on the official Irish FA site, you'll see a lovely video of Gareth McCauley and Michael McGovern reading letters that they've received from uh, from the kids back in Northern Ireland. So uh, you can follow the debate at uh, the G-A-W-A, Green and White Army, hashtag on Twitter – uh, where if you go on there, you will find uh, actor Jimmy Nesbitt um, must be fed up with uh, being photographed with every Northern Ireland fan in France at the moment. And one of the most retweeted uh, tweets, posts after the Ukraine game, is uh, world champion boxer Carl Frampton from Belfast winding up uh, Vitali Klitschko by saying, Did you see the game, big man? So... <laughs> Yeah. So uh, uh, hopefully everybody, uh, you know, get behind us, give us a shout on on Tuesday night, and uh, and who knows what we can achieve.
1: All right. Well, thanks again for taking the time out, and hopefully we'll speak soon. Thanks, Kevin.